Dear God, we thank you. Even for that shout, it sounds so good. We ask you at this moment to open our minds. Quiet our souls from all concerns, from all the stuff that's interrupting us listening to you. Speak to us, O oh God, so that when we come out from here, we can truly say that we have had a glimpse of your presence in our lives. For Christ we ask this. Amen. If you would be so kind to look in Scripture, Isaiah 61. The book of Isaiah 61. Have you noticed that I've been preaching for, from Isaiah for the last three months? As a secondary text, but most of the New Testament. Basically supportive texts. And this is a familiar text that we read in Luke chapter 4. But we have its first time it comes out in scripture is actually in Isaiah 61. Listen to the word of the Lord. The spirit of the, of, of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead, to give them garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord to display God's glory. The word of the Lord. Do you recognize it? This is the text that was handed to Jesus in the synagogue in Luke chapter 4. And when he opened the scripture, this is what he read. Then he offended and, and, and put everybody in anger by saying, this prophecy has come true in front of you all. Then they wanted to stone him, says the following verse. Join me in the gospel of Luke. Is it Luke? Yeah, Luke 5. Just a chapter after that happened, a few moments after Jesus was kicked out of the synagogue, in Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. Listen to the gospel of the Lord. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up, left everything behind, and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house. And there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them, the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to the disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered, Those who are well 
have no need of physicians, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinner to repentance. This is the gospel of the Lord. I have come, Jesus says in this text. The verses that we read in Isaiah said the, the, the Lord has sent me. So Jesus has come. During this month, I would like to share with you a series of messages about the statements that Jesus said, I have come. There are over 21 that he himself uttered according to scripture and then there are 14 other statements in the apostolic literature in the other parts of the bible that also claims he came to but refers to jesus in third person i have come i have come it's the message that we always remember of the christmas emmanuel right but we always tend to forget that in that Christmas night, there was the shadow of the cross. And many artists have actually picked that message and have painted a manger with a cross in the back. Actually, Velasquez, the Spanish painter, paints a Jesus being born on a grave, not wrapped up in swelling clothes, but wrapped up in funerary clothes. Because he came in one of his statements to give his life for many and to pay the ransom. So Jesus came, but what for? Today I want to do a little bit different. I'm not going to be doing all the talking. So I'm going to be inviting some of you for a short period, because we got communion also, to engage in a conversation. And I want to use this conversational time with the congregation. In other words, I'm going to implicate you in the message. I'm going to bring you into the message so that the Lord will speak to you. And guess what? I won't be correcting. I won't be giving A's or B's because in this conversation that we're about to have, there are no rights and no wrongs because you're going to be sharing what you think God is sharing with you. And guess what? What Otis is going to share may not be the same as what Charlie may share. Because they're different individuals. Now, traditionally, in the third century, this was called Lectio Divina. A, a, a divine reading. That's what it means in Latin. And what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm going to read the last passage of the story that we just read. It's going to be up there. And we're going to do one reading, and then I'm going to ask a couple of questions. We'll do a second reading, then I'm going to ask a couple questions. And we'll have a third reading, then we'll ask a couple questions. And I want you to answer those questions quietly, or if you feel comfortable, to share your answer. Is that different? Is that uncomfortable? Who finds that very, very, very uncomfortable? Pam Jones raised her hand. Nobody else dares? Oh, well, Larson would. But guess what? It's voluntary, except for Larson and Jones, they have to share. <laughs> now, for this, we have to center. 
and I'm going to read the scripture. And I want everybody to pay attention to the first reading. And if there's one word, one word, one phrase that jumps up in this very short reading, grab it, okay? It says, listen very carefully. Jesus then answered, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I think you know that too. Now Jesus says, I have come to call those who th- not, no, n- to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need repentance. Anybody want to share the one word that stood out? The one word that stood out. One word? Mm-hmm. I, I got more than one. Go ahead. <laughs> the churches, I was always heard people say that churches were hospitals. That was Luther. That churches were hospital. It's on. Okay, the churches were hospital for sinners. Well, I always knew that I had to go to the emergency ward. Thank you. By the way, our message today is called Jesus EMS. Another word that stood up in your heart, that jumped up? Anybody want to share just one of those words that stood up? Come on. Yes. Oh, it is. What word? Oh, oh, the word think. Actually, I think what may have captured is the phrase, those who think. Those who know. Those who think, those who know. Good, Otis. Any other word that stood out in your heart that jumped out? One more person. Healthy jumped out. Very good. Very good. Now, I'm going to read it again. And this time when I read the text, I would like for you to think, what is Jesus telling me? Oh, no, no, not the pastor. You, but own it. Yeah, what is Jesus telling me? Okay? Now, for that, you have to be brutally honest and allow that to come in, listen to the word. Jesus answered them. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need repentance. Hmm. Getting too personal, Pastor.
What is Jesus telling you? Anybody want to share? Every day, she said that that she the the she heard from Jesus that we're still sinners, and even though we are redeemed, our flesh and our attitudes are not all in that in line, so we still need the doctor. That's what I heard you saying. Very good, uh, Mary, and then Jennifer. Yes, that I am a sinner. That she is a sinner. Who needs repentance? That's what she heard. Okay. That's honest. That's good. One more. Yes. So Jesus reminded you poor in spirit, sick and needy. Yeah. Now, I'm going to read it a third time. And the third time I'm going to read it, you're going to ask yourself the question, what is Jesus asking me to do? Okay? What is Jesus asking me to do? Listen to the word. Jesus answered them. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need repentance. What is Jesus asking you to do with this text? Lay it all out on the table. Was that you, Helen? Thank you. And depend upon his grace. What else? What is Jesus asking you to do? To repent of your sins, my brother. Not be angry. Be faithful. Okay, now we're going on a roll. What is Jesus asking you to do? Doyne said that Jesus is asking her to follow him no matter if you're still a sinner, but to follow him faithfully. Okay, good stuff. What is Jesus asking you to do? Oh, this. So he got stuck with that, those who think and those who know. So then Jesus is kind of telling him, invest your time with those who know they're in need. Don't invest a lot of time with those who think they're okay. You know what? I think Jesus did that. 
I think that's exactly what Jesus did. He invested his time with those who were honest, brutally honest and joining with themselves that they were able to uncomfortably accept the fact that we were broken and were in need of a Redeemer. And it's that honesty that God honors. So Jesus did that. Jesus went to those who knew that they were sinners. Uh, how many here know? How many of you know that you're broken and you need Jesus? You know that? I, I, I want to raise my hand the highest. Because I'm in need. Guess what? Have Jesus spoken to you today? Have you heard that voice in your heart this morning? Because now we're going to sing a prayer song that is going to invite us to the presence of God. And it's one that I got sick of listening in the Baptist church. I was forced to be at a Baptist church at one time in my life. But we, they're, my, they're cool people. But after 30 years, I'm not singing it. I said, it's time to get back with it. Serious. I didn't like it. We know it all. So just as we are in need, broken, sick, expecting, longing, thirsty, hungry, just as we are, without one plea, let's stand and sing it together.